3: Welcome the Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who have
2: chiseled good looks in their joinery.
3: Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Alright, it's show number 564 and on today's show we're talking about balancing a home shop with a workshop. Uh, is that right? Does that make sense what? the way I wrote that? Maybe not. I don't know. We'll get there. You'll find out what it's all I'm about. I'm curious
0: to see what it is we're talking about here.
3: Yeah. Also, a Black Friday recap, if there's anything to talk about there. And a whole bunch of <laughs> back. From you, Clearly, we took the easy way out on this show. I love this.
0: Let's do this all the time.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but before we get to that, we want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler's giving away a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before December 31st at rockler.com slash woodtalk.
0: And if you would like to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Talk. And signing up to become a patron of the show. This time we're thanking Kevin Delaney, Kyle Florick, and Bobby C. Bobby
3: C! Bobby C! Bobby C. Nice. Not to be confused with Bob from last time. That's right. That was just the Bob. This is <laughs> Bobby C! Bobby C! <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, you you people. We always appreciate the support. <laughs> All right. You I think we're just going to jump right into the kickback, Shannon. So you want to take that first one? let's do it who is
1: this from wow this is alex from alex h alex says being the young lad i am i've recently started seeing everybody's spotify wrap-ups oh good lord yes soon will be the strava (laughs) wrap-ups that's maybe just in my world, but yeah. and the Peloton wrap ups those those Oof. should be along shortly too. Um, right? Um, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> love Peloton, hate people who use Peloton mm-hmm. <laughs> lately. They're those anyway, people. anyway. So uh, yeah, uh, says the guy with four thousand rides. Uh, yeah, I hate mm-hmm. myself. Yep,
3: um, people like you, Shannon.
1: <laughs> I'm not posting my Peloton wrap you're, ups. You're the so part part of The problem. problem or my Spotify wrap ups. <laughs> so anyway. Alex says I've been seeing the Spotify wrap ups on various stories to as though people would care. See, he's with us. <laughs> so I decided to take a peek at mine and send it to you. From what I can gather, I'd be using the Internet wrong if I didn't operate without it, without being at least on some level hypocritical. So I probably logged a similar similar stinth." Uh. Deep breath. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, <laughs> a you're saying? similar number of hours on the Lumber Industry Update, as I always have a podcast going while at work. I expect compensation for my pain and suffering, or I'll hire Matt's wife. <laughs> that means I'll for sure... Oh, I was going to say something. Was that Matt's wife walking by the camera? Yes, right? oh, she yes. said that. There she goes. Um, Back to uh, the show. Oh, see.
3: no. Oh, here come the tools. Oh, no. And there goes Pancake. Oh, no. Let's just look at life. this.
1: It says uh, he listened for 26,769 minutes of Wood wow. Talk.
2: That's He's a top
1: lot. point five percent fan. So, yeah. Um, also, since they sponsored the show, let's talk about this. It says a note from his recent Rockler experience. He flew out to Washington State to do some backpacking in the mountains. Never heard of Rockler prior to Wood Talk. You hear that, Rockler? That's him saying that. So I was super excited to be driving by the Seattle Rockler on my way from the airport. Uh, being a solo track, I decided to grab some carving blocks and a knife, having never carved before. Despite me spending under $30 and mentioning from being out of state, that Rockler employee offered to rip and crosscut my basswood blanks to spoon-sized chunks. This was as uh, not as though they had just got done with the class. Oh no! This superhero had to completely pull out the table saw, move projects aside, drop the plastic sheeting, cut up $12 worth of wood i just purchased all just to save me from going caveman with a handsaw knowing Mm -hmm. full well i may never go back to that store to summarize rockler woodtalk got me there but their unreasonably good customer service and products will keep me going Hmm. look at that well said alex awesome to hear well said now i know why
3: mark put this in there good stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and also that uh that's pretty intense 26,769 minutes. minutes. That's a lot. He's in the top 0.5 percentile for listeners. That's nuts. I think we found our guy. There's someone Thank you
1: for listening, Alex. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Lumber Update, too, by the way, even though it was only for four minutes. (laughs) Right. He didn't post that GIF, so I'm just going to assume it was four minutes.
3: (laughs) Well, the funny thing is we had another person send in their uh, recap from Spotify. It wasn't even close. I mean, it was impressive. Until you see this. And yeah, this is on a whole different level. So we, 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 thought we had a few whoever
1: people whoever you were were excited. Yeah. but a few Alex folks wins. sharing that with us. So there, the gauntlet is thrown down, folks. 26,769. If you can beat yeah. that, we want to hear from you.
3: Yeah, right, you beat that, we'll send you something. How about that? I don't know. I feel like yeah. we should uh, send Alex something too. Yeah. <laughs> an apology letter. We could send him Matt. You could send him Matt, like the entire person. Yeah. Matt? In okay. a box. A couple I of like that idea. It. Matt just seems like. Like I know, I would have difficulty continuing to do this show if there was that much going on behind me. So I come. I commend you for your ability to stay in that seat oh,
0: like and continue little, doing the show. A little worried to go look in the shop after this. You you have the, the patience of the bandsaw. right, but they're you not like, like happy bandsaw sounds either. They're like scary
2: bandsaw sounds. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the guide bearing the, rubbing. The, 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 the chatter that tells
3: is you incredible. Yeah, they're, they're getting that whine that tells you someone's putting stress on the blade because yeah. they're turning it too much. They're, they're
0: sideloading don't. it. I can tell right. someone's sideloading the blade.
3: Yeah. Like, Probably not even oh, tensioned. <laughs> All right, let's get to, to Douglas's feedback here. Uh, he says, fantastic show. This is Matt's fault in episode oh, 533. Good. Matt said that when building furniture for people who have asked you to make something off Etsy comes down to your ethics. He was completely wrong. It's <laughs> down to... Do I want to deal with someone online or deal with someone I know and can talk to uh, when there's an issue? Or do I really want to have it shipped to New Zealand from the USA? It's all about your trust for people and your position in the world. I live in New Zealand, so yeah, if someone brings me a design that they found, I would build it hands down. Thanks for a great show, guys. Keep it up. Okay. Thanks for Fair that, enough. Douglas. Fair enough. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I vaguely remember a discussion about uh, building the ethical uh, quandary of building someone else's design is kind of like a one off.
1: Uh, yeah. No, we've probably
3: that. had that discussion multiple times on the show.
1: I yeah, I think we have. And I think we we may have said different things every time we've said it. Every single it's just, time. It, there's so much gray area there. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with Douglas and I disagree with him at the same time.
3: Okay. Perfect. <laughs> That's uh, right on par. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs>
0: All right. This is from Mitch. Mitch says, "I was in the market for a new dust extractor. I am not beholden to any one brand, so I just wanted something that worked for me. It was between the 3M Extract because I already owned it like a second one.
1: So oh, whatever, why I keep are reading you in the market." for new ones maybe
0: what's the second one i don't know anyway the makita the bosch and the Festool ct36 all pretty comparable as far as features price and overall specs i already had the 3m extract sander so i almost pulled the trigger but i ended up with the Festool ct36 the biggest feature i liked was that i could store my makita track saw inside a sustainer on top of the ct36 and also have my sander attached to the side of a sustainer this means It all moves as one cohesive unit around my shop and is pretty cool. The other tipping point was the Festool was doing the Black Friday sale over at Festool Recon, and I got it for about $150 off. So in the end, I went with the Festool because it was cheaper, which is something no one ever says.
2: (laughs) No one has said ever.
3: (laughs) That's Good for you, man. That's great. All right. We got a voicemail kickback here from Alex.
2: Hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon, this is Alex with Kickback from episode 559. I was the guy working on the game table. I originally wanted to make it knockdown because I had to find a way to fit it into my basement, and I didn't think I could do it without making it knockdown. But I was struggling to get the joints to line up for knockdown, and the zip bolts I ended up using weren't strong enough to pull everything into alignment the way I wanted to. So I ended up recutting my joints, making the table a little bit smaller, and now it fits in my basement. I did use dominoes to register everything, which is why I made the comment about no need for mortise and tenon. So now the top is just one piece. And the reason I said Matt was my favorite was because he's around the same age as me, and I just appreciate having another millennial woodworker to watch online and listen to on Woodtalk. Not that you, Mark, and Shannon aren't great, I just relate mostly to Matt. Thanks again for your help. Bye. Ages, ages. No, typical no, millennial. Once no, you're in an great. echo
3: chamber, I get it's it. Old. It's fine. It's fine, Alex. Ah. It's Cool. I'll be all right. That's yeah, cool. I'm sure you will be.
1: It's cool. <laughs> now, the, the real question is, did you know about Wormwood without Mark? Because I certainly didn't before mm-hmm. that game table project came along.
3: Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, either way, it's it, this is the funny thing about questions. It would be great to have a conversation. Because a lot of times we'll go off on a tangent and like, why did you say no mortise and tenon? What kind of what, what was the mortise and tenon? It's like if he was there, he'd be like, no, no, no. I meant that because <laughs> I have dominoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but we'll we'll go off on a thing on it because it doesn't sound right. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why don't you use mortise and tenon? I
1: believe, I believe one of the other times I got in trouble on the show was when I said, you're not a woodworker unless you can cut a mortise and tenon. And we got yeah. all kinds of kickback it sounds on like that, you. too. Yeah, yeah it, it, sounds sound like something.
0: Something, it sounds like you. something. Something that I would say. It sounds like... Yeah, you're pretentious. Like honestly, that, so yeah. Yeah. the only time I've ever jerk. gotten
3: in trouble with people like on that level is when Shannon says, <laughs> <So pretty laughs> "You think much. it would be me, but it's not. It's usually Shannon." But, but you know, as we just learned from
1: Alex, it's because I'm old. I'm a curmudgeon. Yeah. So yep, yeah, that's true. yeah. I'm, you're an I'm old either writing letters or you know shouting at clouds. Get off my lawn, <laughs> old man! Shouts at
3: cloud. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of mortise and tenon, you know, there's a place you can go to learn that stuff. I'll probably cut them for you if you go there. They might no, seriously. From what we heard, you know what? Just bring your project plan. Don't even bring the wood because they probably have it there. Uh, and then just be like, "Can I have this cable? for me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not doing, doing anything anyways. I mean, let's see projects. Let's see how far this customer service goes. Seriously, let us yeah. know.
1: Start at the Seattle Rockler. I hear that they do everything there. So, That's where I would like,
0: go. Tell them sure, try this. Be sure and tell seriously, them what seriously. Sent you.
1: Please, Seattle listeners, please go to the Seattle Rockler I, and and actually Alex, if you want to like send us an email, let us know if you remember the name of that employee and then we can yeah. just have them cut right to the chase. Go He's right in. Bob. And, Ask for this, Bob. Yeah.
3: This reminds me of the extreme. Like, Chen <laughs> used to complain about people coming to the lumberyard with a cut list and yeah. just kind of want, expecting him to do all the right. picking and everything. Uh-huh. And it's like, yep. this is the next level. This is you go there, and now <laughs> just, you also are expected to build the project. <laughs> you just hand in the
1: photograph of a Betsy, apparently, yeah. and you say, here, build this for me. Which, we, as
3: we've uh, covered, is perfectly ethical. Uh-huh. right. It's fine.
1: Especially if you're in New Zealand. <laughs>
3: but Rockler wants you to know about project inspiration they got a lot of it there if you're looking for some inspiration on your next project build head to rockler.com you can find over a hundred free step-by-step plans ranging from shop projects like an outfeed table designed by Matthew Cremona it's pretty sweet It is to furniture for your house like a dining room table to giftable small projects like a unique cutting board design. Rockler also shares how-to videos and woodworking tips so that you can create with confidence. And you can find a gallery with thousands of customer project images that provide even more inspiration. Find all this stuff at rockler.com. Go check it out. It's good stuff over at Rockler. you think they're going to be upset about this thing that we just told people to do?
1: What go to their store? Probably not. Actually, I don't I go to think their store so. And
3: expect them to build something. I
1: know, because okay. it's it's spun out of a great customer service story. And I think honestly, <laughs> like I, I really hope somebody does it. Because if I yeah. were that employee, I think I could have a lot of fun with that.
3: We'll see how far they like go with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, do you just get a leg done, or right. like, will they help you cut the aprons? Like, how far would they take it sure. before someone has to be like, you know, hey, this is a little too far, buddy. Yeah, knock it off get to do that crap. You go to the other rockler. Yeah. It bother them.
1: They won't build it there either, but go to them anyway. <laughs> no they won't. The Canadian Rockler probably will though. I mean, they will. Come on. And they'll say Canadian. sorry.
3: The and whole they'll time. apologize. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, oh sorry. Sorry. I'll do it faster. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so this is technically a dining table episode, a really loose format today. The only topic I wanted to add to this <laughs> like more has than to do usual. With, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, has to do with Black Friday. And I was curious, I don't actually know if uh, Matt or Shannon took advantage of any Black Friday deals, but I did. I've been in the market for some tool swaps and a small tool addition. I wanted to get a second bandsaw ever since I moved. I didn't travel with any bandsaws. I sold everything in in Denver, purchased the SCM soon after moving here, and I've been missing the smaller format saw, so I wanted something in that 14-inch range and I wound up going for the Harvey and the Harvey did have a Black Friday deal going on or a holiday deal. And one of the things I noticed with Black Friday deals, I, I guess I haven't shopped for power tools in a long time, especially around Black Friday. Um, the sales are pretty dumb, like not great. <laughs> like no one's really doing more than wow. maybe 10% at best. Wow. The worst Indeed. part is that most of the time there are better sales throughout the year. And I think that's mm-hmm. like, you know, a company's entitled to charge what they want to charge when they want to charge it. But there is this kind of, at least in America, this uh, expectation that the black Friday deal or whatever price you're getting during that time frame generally is going to be the lowest price you're going to get for the year with a few exceptions, right? Like wouldn't you, isn't that kind of the expectation that happens here?
1: Yeah. I would say yes. I'm actually really glad you brought this up because that's exactly what I was going to say. Like yeah. I was totally unimpressed Um, by, and, and not just woodworking across the board. Um, like, I mean, I, I know Mark, you've got a pretty good thing at the guild going on. I can't remember what it is now. It was like 40% or something. Right. Mm hmm. Off of a project or upcoming project? Oh, or something yeah! Like that? I was trying to
3: figure out what we were talking about. Yeah, our sale was 40 percent <laughs> Gil- off. The it's this course.
1: online membership site. You yeah, know, that's school it's got the you Wood Whisperer in front of it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, like you know what it is. What are you talking about? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, when the I, empire well, has actually, grown so big, you can't remember where the money comes from. Just one of yeah. those businesses. We'll hope happen. to be there someday. <laughs> look,
3: I'm a I'm a sandpaper mogul now. <laughs> oh, yes. So that's yeah, true. So super. It's busy. moved on. Yes. Um, <laughs> But actually, it's the the people who create content and mm-hmm. people who create plans and have their own merchandise. Those people had great sales, if that's what yeah. you're into. But if you're yeah. if you're doing a like power tool thing, I was just like, man, that is lackluster. And worse yet, I heard from so many people that there are other times where they had better prices throughout the year, mm-hmm. whether it was like a Father's Day sale or like some some other random holiday. The price was better, so I've been watching. I purchased a Harvey Ambassador C14. It's 14-inch bandsaw. I bought that. Uh, it was in that Black Friday range, right? So I'm assuming it's going to be a good price. But I have watched Harvey's pricing strategy on other things, and they're ridiculous. And it's uh, it's funny to watch. But since then, I made the purchase. I felt pretty good about it because they keep pushing other sales, and I keep looking at the price, going, "Well, that's actually higher." So I paid 14.39. This doesn't include shipping. Just 14.39. And I've been watching it. Another sale comes in. I'm like, Oh, that the, how close is it? And I compare it to my order. It's like 1550 or something like that. So I'm like, I'm still good. They haven't burned me yet. And then just as we started to record, I was just curious. Let me go to the website and see what it is. Now I don't even see a mention of a sale, right? Mm -hmm. There's no sale mentioned here. It's now today $30 more expensive than what I paid for Black Friday. And there's no sale mentioned here. This is just the price today. Regular price now? $14.69. I paid $14.39. Interesting. Right? So it's like the 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 whole Black Friday thing, as far as power tools are concerned, just seems to be a non-issue. Like I don't even know that I would wait for any kind of a Black Friday deal. Like if you see a sale. On any you know company, mm-hmm. okay, fine, go for it. But you're really not going to save a whole lot <laughs> on Black Friday with these power tools. I, I, I would was love actually, to hear from the audience if if anyone else yeah, had a really right. good deal.
1: Well, and usually there's usually a thread that pops up in the hand tool school community about stuff like this, and hand tools in general never really go that much on sale because there's so many boutique makers that just have like a dollar margin on their stuff. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, I actually discovered that like. In, in many things like just about everybody has some sort of like join our email list and get a x percent off or something mm-hmm. i actually found in many of the things that i bought in the cycling world and the woodworking world you get a better deal any time of the year just by accepting that offer yeah. or in many instances like you're driven to a site through a podcast like we drive people to Rockler and like the deal you get there oftentimes is just better by punching in that podcast code and you're giving attribution to that podcast, which is great too. But we were driving back. We went to um, some friends for for Thanksgiving. We were driving back and we're driving um, on the interstate over the mall and like the Best Buy and all the big boxes are there. This was Thanksgiving night and they they were all closed, totally deserted. And I, I was just saying, do you remember when like people used to line up. It would be like 11 <laughs> o'clock at night and there'd be it people camping out in front of Best Buy, especially. Yeah. Oh, heck and it yeah. just said yeah. like, do, Tenting. do, mm-hmm. do, do anybody, does anybody do that anymore? It's like, does brick and mortar still derive a large portion of their annual sales from Black Friday? And the conclusion was, I don't think so. Like, I don't think anybody really does door busters or, when we open at 6 a.m., maybe Walmart does. I don't know, but they seem they even to have close? them.
3: Like I've seen mention of those kinds of sales. What actually happens at the store anymore? I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. But you definitely don't see like 50, 60% off type savings. And that used to be, you're right. That was the one day of the year you could go buy a, you know, back when flat screen TVs cost $9,000, you could get one That's for right. like 3800 Yeah, which was just unheard of. Of course, right. spending that much on a TV Flying now seems shelves. unheard
3: of, but yeah. yeah. yeah well, I went to um, Lowe's on Black Friday, and it was only because I was doing something and I needed something from Lowe's. I forgot it was Black Friday. So I get there, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to suck, but I'll just go in and see it. It was a normal day. It's a yeah. normal day. <laughs> I even I did a return. And then I went and got the thing I needed and checked myself out and that was the end of the story. Like there was really nothing going on.
1: No, nope. Yeah. Wasn't anything happening.
3: Very interesting. So hey, uh, as far as the audience is concerned, I'd love to hear any great Black Friday stories. We got one a little earlier. Um, who was it? Mitch? That seemed yeah. to get something. That was what Festool was doing. Is their the recon. S- yeah, their sales were like stuff being on the refurbed uh, recon site. Um, so I would love to hear anybody who actually got a legitimately good deal that surpasses any other deal that that company might have uh, through the year, or or one that you, uh, you know, better deal than you can get by signing up for texts. Yeah, exactly. I didn't buy like, anything. I bought nothing. Nothing good. Well, Matt first teasing, you can say that because I said something about buying something, and it. What what did I say? It's Black Friday. You said you said it's Black Friday every day when you have a business. Oh yeah, it's, it's the write-off expense. Yeah, right. It's true. Yeah, you <laughs> buy money. with your pre-tax money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it practically free at that point. It doesn't
0: mean practically right. free. Does it mean it's cheaper than like someone buying it with their W two money?
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's the best discount I can get on these things. Apparently, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we just—it's
0: it's a mentality thing. I'm saying like you're better off than most people. I just can you know, remember? Well, yes,
3: that. yes. In that case, I agree. But it, I still have to spend my money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> that part is still there. You still have. But to you didn't give pay taxes on the money first. Yeah. This is right. that's how that works. Okay. Uh, so thanks, that's for that thanks for the Thanks for the accounting lesson. You're welcome. Why, <laughs> this has I been hire good. I somebody to do it. I don't, I don't. know anything about accounting. Okay. Uh, so Alex Adams, uh, good buddy, friend of the show, always around, has great questions. Um, he has always a question. around. Always <laughs> around. It's good questions He's he's got a, a question about two shops. One woodworker. He says, Aww. now that I have moved most of my woodworking equipment out of my basement to an offsite location, I find myself missing the ability to pop downstairs and get some quick woodworking therapy. Since I can't physically move the original workbench to the new location, I'm planning on configuring the basement into a bare bones woodshop. The home basement will primarily be a hand tool shop and the new offsite space will be more power tool focused. How do your uh, home versus work shops compare and, and what do you still want to change about one or the other? This m- might just pertain to me, guys. Like, you both have your shops accessible say, from home. My still. my,
1: my workshop runs about 80,000 linear feet a day. So yeah. it's a very different type of shop. I
0: have, I have the two buildings, I guess. I've got the barn and then the actual shop shop. So I got kind of a, I, I get some, some kind of situation like this.
3: Well, and you did have the remote building previously where all the chair parts and stuff were right which was Mm -hmm. a drive yep so i mean maybe in in put your head in that space for this kind of thing like oh i I I totally
0: feel this because like that's one of the things like i do want to like actually get my shop out of the garage at some point but i'm like i kind of really like having it in there because this is like i can pop in grab whatever i need i don't have to like walk outside to go anywhere and get anything or like pop in there and unclamp a glue up or do a glue up Mm -hmm. randomly whenever i want to i really like the convenience of having it like as part of the house
3: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah that is that is a thing and i am doing that situation now where the shop it's not that far away but a 10 minute drive you know especially if it's at night and i've mentioned that i'm like a big baby and i don't want to go there at night <laughs> by myself if i don't have to has got me to the point where i almost want two sets of tools mm-hmm. and, and the problem is Like I'm doing the I I mentioned all the dovetail cutting I was uh, doing there was like almost every single night there's this lull that happens after dinner where the kids want a little bit more screen time Nicole goes off and does something I wash dishes and then there's just time and normally when the shop is attached to the house I would just go burn an hour in the shop and get just a little bit more work done. I can't do that now, and that's that's kind of frustrating. But what winds up happening to me, in spite of my best efforts to create almost a second shop, and especially with a, a bike that I would be, you know, maintenancing once in a while and a kid's bikes, so I, I want like a little workstation in my garage. I'm going to show you what my little workshop corner of the garage has turned into. The inevitable mm-hmm. thing that happens with family life mm-hmm. is that that is mm-hmm. not even remotely an accessible space anymore because it's covered yeah. with oh, yeah, like, yeah. empty holiday decoration bins and I, I can't even get to it. So like but I wonder maybe being right a there. like
0: right and that's yeah. where Nicole, oh, look, she doesn't. open space. I'll just put that right there.
3: Yeah, Nicole doesn't throw things out. What she does is she opens the garage door and throws it into the garage, which is right in front of that little work area. So I have to move that first if I actually want to get any kind of work well, done. Well,
1: you know, to her credit, all those years <laughs> she couldn't do that because it was a set and a workshop. So, yeah. you
3: know, but cut, she still cut the that. lady some slack. She finally she would, has a garage. <laughs> she would throw cardboard into my shop like it was her job. Like just an empty Amazon box. I'd be in the middle of working, and I'd see an empty box and a door shutting. <laughs> like, it's like that was my experience okay. there. So, no, nothing That's has true. changed. Uh, the the uh, sort of the, the need to remove it has changed because I'm not working there. So for me, Alex. It's it is becoming a bit of a problem. I think as long as you have a dedicated space that isn't being used for other things, maybe in the basement you got a better shot of of that happening than a garage. It just it's, it's really hard to main two, maintain two separate spaces. And also realistically, main like are you going to bring projects back and forth or are you going to have separate projects in two different places? That is a tough thing to to maintain. So I mean, I'd be curious to see how this works out for you. Definitely uh, keep us updated on that. Yeah, I okay. don't think I could do the separate shop thing
1: like the, that lull you're talking about, Mark. That's when I do my woodworking. Like, yeah. that's like the only time I have lately. And, and I love that I can just go and like woodwork 15 minutes at a time. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, I, I it, it would suck, and I'm always telling my students that you know if, you, if you're organized on a project and you're documenting it, that 15 minutes can go a really, really long way. And I've certainly wasted that 15 minutes very quickly. But yeah, if mm-hmm. I had to, if I had to get in the car and drive somewhere, it just wouldn't happen.
0: Even like gonna. just tidying up and cleaning, like just, I, I'm, I'm get that lull, I'm like I'm gonna go in the shop and just. Mm-hmm. Put stuff away. or
3: yeah, just turn there. on some music and straighten up a little bit. You're right. Yeah. I used to do my that all the time. clubhouse, man. Yeah, heck yeah. But I'm not like when I go back tomorrow, my workbench is exactly as dirty as I left it mm-hmm. when I left in a hurry because I had to get home for something. So yeah, mm, interesting. All right, so we got one more question here. I didn't put anybody's name to that. Who wants to read it?
1: Um, I'll I'll take it. Sure. Um since I'm not building cabinets and you both are looking at them. So um <laughs> for this is from Alfred the Human Pusey. He's the human. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that means something to him. I think he was a Patreon yeah.
3: contributor. He mentions that. Oh, in, okay. That was like
0: <laughs> three two episodes ago? Yeah. Three feels, episodes ago. Still like
3: significant, that. but
1: uh, he says, uh, for, for painted cabinets, what filler do you suggest to use in the corners that maybe weren't perfect or happen to align with gaps or knots?" I had this happen recently on a coffin-shaped shelf I made for my Uber goth neighbor. Tried a few and didn't find one I felt worked clean enough. Um, Capitalized Uber. Does a
3: person work for Uber? <laughs> drive for Uber Eats? Mm,
1: yeah. Or is there what, a- kind of, what kind of reviews does the goth Uber driver get? Do people leave feeling he was was very pleasant or or actually maybe surprisingly (laughs) pleasant because the first impression was, oh boy, maybe I don't want this. Maybe that Wore too much makeup, looked too
3: pale, pale. (laughs) wore too much black.
1: Never know. Um, Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I very rarely use filler. Not Mm -hmm. that I don't make mistakes. Um, I just usually ignore them. um, well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right.
1: I mean, to be That's fair, an art form. <laughs> um, if it's big enough, I usually use like solid wood. I put like yeah. little wedges in and things like that. I don't, I'm not a, you know, spackle it on sand it back type person. Um, mm-hmm. and also, I mean, there's some that don't interfere with finishes at all, but most of them do. So I usually use real wood yeah. uh, more than anything else. Do you guys have any experience with filler?
3: Well, for painted projects, why not? Like yep. it's easy enough to fix. It'll fill a gap and make it look just fine. So for me, I, I've always used Timbermate uh, wood filler. Stuff is great. Dries quick, water-based, it dries up in the, the bottle. Just put a little water in there, you know, go away for 20 minutes, come back and it's all softened. So I've always had good luck with that and that's that's all I ever use. I'm
0: using Ready Patch on all my stuff and I put filler on every butt joint because any little seam that is there you can't even see normally. Mm-hmm. If it was like a stain project, will telegraph through the paint and you'll have a line there that's visible after it's painted, at least on the stuff I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I learned that lesson early on. doesn't matter how perfect it looks. Just put some filler on it before you do your final sanding and sand it all flush, and at least then you'll have less chance of seeing any sort of seam line between your
3: two parts. Nice. Hmm. Good to know. Sounds good.
0: Um, He has a second
1: question here. It's kind of interesting. He says, related to the social media thing, what do you say to people that insist you can't be successful without a YouTube channel? Um, I'm assuming he means successful as in like as a woodworker um
3: I think so, yeah, because yeah. if you want to be successful as a youtuber without a YouTube channel,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's hard you to might do. have a problem um, <laughs> that'd <Might> be challenging <laughs> yes. <laughs> He says, it's really disheartening when people say that. I have a friend who for a time was a furniture maker who saw greener pastures and other business whose first comment when I told him was better get your social media going and learn to make videos. It's the only way to make money nowadays. Look at XYZ channels. It's one of those things where I wonder, is it true for you because you were unsuccessful or true in a greater sense? I just don't know how to politely respond to those sorts of things. Love the Hmm. show and the channels. Thanks for being rad. Nice. Child of the 80s right there. I think it's a really good question. And it's funny that to me, it's always been the opposite. I mean, so I guess he's right. Like you had a channel because you were unsuccessful. The most successful furniture makers I know, they have social media because somebody told them you should do this, but like they Mm -hmm. totally neglect it. Most of them don't have YouTube channels. Maybe they play on Instagram and, you know, their last post was like three weeks ago, if if you're lucky. Right. um, Because they're busy making furniture. busy doing
3: Um, mm -hmm. things.
1: Yeah. So I... Absolutely. I think in many instances, you might find you're unsuccessful because you're devoting time to your social media. I really don't think, and I could be wrong here, but I really don't think YouTube or Instagram for that matter drives furniture customers. Maybe Instagram in some respects, if you're posting a lot of your pictures, but not like the reels and things like that. You know, if I'm looking to buy furniture, I want to see pictures of furniture. Um, And frankly, I'm probably not using Instagram as a search. Uh, I'd be using Google, um, for, for that maybe, you know, yeah, probably entirely Google image searches and things like that, but I'm not going to be, and I realize YouTube is one of the top search engines, depending on how you slice the data. It is the top search engine, but I'm not using that. And most of the people shopping necessarily, right? No. And I can tell you, I've got customers who are furniture makers and customers of those customers, they don't use YouTube for this type of thing. So, it's always been like the fellow woodworkers, you know, and DIYers mm-hmm. and things like that that are, that are consuming the content. So, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be disheartened. I would just say, I ain't got time for that. I'm building.
3: Yeah, I mean, my experience with this is old at this point. Um, and I don't know how relevant it is, but we had a similar thought process. We were like, okay, I want to build furniture. I want clients. What's the best way to get the word out? It's like, okay, well, let's start making videos and we'll show people how it's done. I learned, this is 2006, I learned back then that making videos was a great way to find other woodworkers, not to Mm -hmm. find customers. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that there aren't people who will find, you know, thread that needle and find success in using social media and YouTube to generate local, actual local business, but that definitely I don't think is a foregone conclusion that you should or that you have to. I think what the problem is is if you're looking for examples, you may not find them because those mm-hmm. people are real busy doing other crap and not making videos and posts on Instagram. So I think if you're looking at other channels as examples, you know, that's not exactly going to be a fair analysis, Because you're looking at channels, for examples. What you need to do is try to find local folks who are actually making this thing go. You probably won't necessarily find them online. Or if you do, they're like, it's a very small presence. It's like Shannon was saying. They can maybe use it as an online portfolio of sorts. Um, There have to be tons of examples of people who are successfully doing this without the aid, of those things. Now, do I think you should at least consider it? Yeah, I mean, why not? It could potentially bring a new customer, but I don't know that you want to put so much effort into it that it takes away from the tangible, real-life stuff that you're doing, right? Yeah. Because that that stuff will... If you get too distracted with that, you know, I always use Philip Morley as an example of this. Someone who has had struggles with this. He's had success on social media and at different times, it may or may not have brought him business, but ultimately he came to realize that it's taking away from his ability to be a furniture maker. And he has to pull back from that because it's, it's in and of itself. It's its own rabbit hole. That's a bit of a trap. And and you start to chase the numbers and you start to get uh, so deep into that stuff that it distracts you from your ultimate goal. Right. So it's, I think it has to be taken on a case by case basis, but I don't think your friend is 100% right.
1: I think social media and especially the visual platforms like Instagram are great online portfolio that are infinitely more findable than your own website. Like, you know, yeah. Joe, well, I was going to say Joe woodworker.com, but that's actually a great website for veneer supplies a
3: website, um, <laughs> but uh, also, you know, ironically, so is veneer supplies owned by the same
1: person, <laughs> Right, same guy. Yeah. <laughs> who ironically is located about 15 minutes from me, but it, you cannot go in there. And I have oh, to really? order online. Yeah, he's in Forest Hill, Maryland. I can ride my bike there in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, I ride by the warehouse all the time, but it's <laughs> oh, like a, a strictly do not go in there. You know, he ships everything to me. My yeah, I get stuff like the that. next day. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But, but yeah. I get it. You know, if you have a website, you know, stevewoodworker.com, like the chances of being found on Google these days. I mean, there's a lot more that you're probably going to want to put into it. Talking about a rabbit hole to get sucked down, mm. but like posting your projects, your your finished pieces. On an Instagram account, if nothing else, it's a great way to, to a potential customer to say, check out my Instagram account yeah, um, because a, they already the have card. the app probably mm-hmm. on their phone instead of having to type in a web address or something like that. And and honestly, I found a lot of great woodworkers, great furniture makers on Instagram because, of course, the algorithm is feeding me stuff. Sometimes it actually feeds me stuff I want. Um, Instagram is one of the better ones about that. Well, not so much lately.
3: Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I go into not, mine... I'm gonna tell yeah. you I'm gonna see dogs and boobs. yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'll take the dogs though I was say uh, you, each has their place. Um. I, mean, I mean, the boobs are fine. It's <laughs> yeah. just not appropriate and I don't want to see it when I open up Instagram right
1: especially dog boobs, not a big yeah. of oh. no, those
3: but yeah, my dog's got plenty. But I followed a lot of
1: people who, frankly, as a woodworker, I'm just inspired by their stuff. And when I look at their channel, like that's all they're doing. They're they're not putting out reels. There's no face to camera. It's just pictures of things that they've built. And occasionally they'll, you know, the 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 text will be something like, you know, just delivered this to, you know, so-and-so somewhere or whatever. But there are people certainly using it. And it's a lot of my customers, they point to their Instagram as their portfolio. And yeah, they have it somewhere on the website. But most of the time they'll tell you, I don't have time to update the website Or uh, I've got a guy or I don't really know how to do that or I haven't updated it in months, but I keep my Instagram up to date because it's easy to snap a picture and put it out there. So I would I would definitely suggest don't ignore social media, but I certainly would ignore YouTube in that capacity.
3: And there are so many companies that I'll either do business with or I'm interested in their products or, you know, especially getting more into cycling. I'll find a company that just has really cool products. I want to know more about it. And I go to social media to possibly follow them. And then occasionally, I am surprised that this very successful company that puts almost zero effort into, like yeah. they may have gotten a name so that they've secured it, but then they do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. And it's and again, it's fine. It's just for what the kind of business that they do, it just doesn't help them that much. It doesn't make any sense. The more local the business is, it seems like the more they might be able to get away with it. But still, yeah. there would be benefits locally, certainly, and there are certain hashtags that might be really helpful mm-hmm. on a local level. But I think if you do a lot of in-person local business and not a lot of internet business, you have a better chance, I think, of of surviving that without the social media element. But it's yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, you need concrete examples here uh, to help with that. But all of you know, all three of us are focused online, so we might have a skewed perspective. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? You've been quiet.
0: I think it's just the bigger picture is your marketing plan of your business. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what you're kind of alluding to with this whole thing, with this whole question. So it really comes down to what do you think your marketing plan should be for whatever you're trying to build and sell a coffin shaped shelf. So if you're planning on doing like smaller trinkety items like that, I think social media is actually more important, more valuable for that style of product because it's a little more of an slightly more impulse buy than like mm-hmm. high-end custom furniture where you're spending tens of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars versus maybe hundreds of dollars. You're in a kind of a, like a slightly different playing field. You're targeting different people than the folks that are going to want to buy a custom piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that social media would be way more important for this type of business, assuming that's what you're planning on selling, than like a furniture maker, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of success in the people that, on social media doing these smaller things is they figure out a way to really make that thing they're making that they're telling a the story of making these fun, small things and do a really good job of it. And they find a lot of success driving sales, even direct in app sales as well. Cause the, you're in the, in the area of maybe an impulse buy, you can use the app's shopping features. Now to actually sell your products in app without having to send them to your website or somewhere else to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's all about finding that funnel for you, which is going to work for your business. And then really nailing the marketing strategy and bring them down that
3: funnel sort of like the uh, Etsy store people that just are doing things that can be mailed. I'm thinking like the people that are doing TikTok shop right now that have
0: a really, that like, like they're driving people through TikTok selling whatever that is for like 20 to a hundred dollars. I mean, TikTok is really promoting that stuff right now because they really want that shopping thing to to take off. So the people that are actually using it now are (laughs) it's, it's incredible how much success they're finding. And they bring the audience into the storytelling of holy crap, Look at my label printer, it's like can print and crap out for three hours and then let me package all your stuff and make all your stuff. And then the ones that are doing it even further than that, they actually take some random order for the day, say this is the order number, and they'll actually make a video of packing that order. So mm-hmm. you can bring your customer into the whole experience behind the curtain, so to speak, and make them a lot more involved. If that works for that style of business. Yeah, it, it yeah. depends on the business. But it's really cool watching these people that are like, like, oh, this is really cool. This is from like I don't really have an interest in doing that personally, but it's like, it's just so, so cool. They're I mean, like, okay, I there's this new tool. I can yeah. really take advantage of it, figure out how it works, figure out how to tailor my content to find the audience that will actually buy the thing. And then just watch it all just kind of flow through.
3: Well, Instagram has store features now too, right? I know they have like yeah. a Shopify they they integration. Do. Yep. yep. Um, and YouTube that has that well. as well. They have YouTube right. has a Shopify integration too. Yeah. I think because our uh, sandpaper was on Shopify just to keep it as a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. I've like been able to dabble in some of those integrations that are pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, now now the platforms are
0: trying to get people to stay on platform. So before you yeah, were sending yeah. them off platform to go shopping, yeah. now you can mm-hmm. stay on platform and do the shopping. So it's right. just all about keeping the user on platform.
3: Ish. Fun yeah. stuff.
1: It's the phenomenon known as click zero what's your click through rate? <laughs> nothing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got nothing.
1: Google's keeping all the purchases on the SERP and the platforms are keeping them in platform. And yeah. Wonderful. I, I think there's something to be said too, because there's a lot of people who like, you know, there's this constant undercurrent of support small, you know, and everybody even feels good about buying from a small business. And I think the more that like Matt's saying, you can tell that Story and look, you know, I'm a small business, and thank you so much. This is actually working. You guys are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you, I've done a fair amount of Christmas shopping without leaving Instagram. Like some of the <laughs> little impulse things that have popped up, they're like, that's cool. Like mm-hmm. it's totally got my number at this point. Like, yep. <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm resistant to that.
3: Things. Like, yeah. I will get the idea. Ads will work on me, both Facebook and Instagram. I really don't like making purchases through an App, I like to be on the company's website. I want to yeah. register an account, I don't want to use a single sign on from Apple or whatever. Like, I want to have complete control so that if anything goes wrong with the sale, registration of warranty, all that stuff is oh. easier. I ain't going anywhere. In every, one click, and everything's done. <laughs> you just want to one click it, huh? Yep, that's yeah. it. I'll do, I'll, I want I'll it, do, like, I want to
0: buy it. So, why do I gotta spend three hours typing in my address? I really want it,
3: I'm yeah. gonna order it. Sure. No, I'll do Apple Pay like on their it. website. I just don't want to buy anything through a Facebook store or an Instagram store. No, thank you. <laughs> but I'm an old Gen Xer. What are you going to do? You are old. Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a, it becomes a problem if you wow. need like, warranty stuff and you've done things through a different store, um, being able to track your orders on their website. That kind of thing becomes problematic sometimes depending on where you purchased and how you purchased it. It's just easier if you just go to a website. You know, you always have an account. Is it? This is so not relevant to, to the show. But <laughs> let's uh, let's let's after we stop recording, talk for another half hour about this. Okay, perfect. Uh, sure. I, just, I just
1: love that Mark's thinks that there's an actual theme that we're supposed to stick to. Like that. Yeah, the show has ever been anything yes. but irrelevant conversation.
3: It's a great illusion that I live my life by. It really yeah. is. Uh, Mm. All right, well, family-owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $49, and remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card.
1: Hooray, Rockler.
3: Mm. Well...
1: (laughs) That brings us, gentlemen, to the close of another year of Wood Talk. So, yes.
3: uh, last show really? of the year.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Merry New Year and and Happy Christmas and Kwanzaa and Festivus and all that stuff and for. Those sickos out there who listened for twenty six thousand hours, um, however much it was, it was you a lot. Twenty six thousand. I minutes, not hours. Minutes, not hours. If they're twenty, they're real wackos who listened twenty six thousand hours. But yeah. uh, we thank you for supporting the show. We thank you for, you know, uh, putting up with us it's been a fun year so uh, it has. you know we look forward to
3: continuing in 2024 so keep those questions coming go to what this yeah. actually I mean this is inside baseball you guys are hearing this when it's released but I'm looking at the calendar going well we got to release a show on the 13th and then the only thing left is the 20th because the next one after that is after Christmas yeah and this would you know we're talking about Christmas so we got to release this before Christmas so two uh, two weeks in a row we're going to do a show but then we'll we'll see you again in January
1: yeah, Yay. so send in the questions. We'll talk to talk about them in January or May or or an you,
3: you never know. You should <laughs> you see how know. many. I feel so bad doing this, but <laughs> when I go into the email box for Wood Talk, sometimes I got to clean it up. Like, yeah. we don't. We're not paying for uh, like a higher rate on on Gmail or anything for extra storage. I just want to keep uh, the old stuff. Just keep it flowing. Right, all all, all new emails. I had to delete so many old emails and I feel bad, but it's all stuff like I had emails back from 2021 sitting yeah. in there. And,
1: and I mean, pages and pages. And, and to be honest, I never click past page one. Like
3: That's the thing. When we grab questions, <laughs> we grab recent questions
1: because mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot on page one. So it's like, why yeah. do I need to like click through? Yeah. So, so th- sorry, I'm folks. sorry
3: to anyone who emails this show and we can't get to your question. As you can see, we only answer a few per show. It's just physically impossible to get to them all, but I appreciate your writing them. It's, it's just yeah. a shame we can't answer them all.
1: And, and if you still have that project on the bench that you needed help on in 2021, <laughs> send the question in again. You never know, man. Hobby woodworkers
3: sometimes, <laughs> right? they take a long time right? to get a project done. <laughs> I
1: I embody that statement right there. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I just right. I just start more projects. I don't actually finish them.
3: You don't, just, don't even wait to finish. Just start So excited more. about the next one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next year. Bye-bye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, well. Okay, oh, then. Changing it up. Oh. Get over there.